Welcome to the Imagine MomCast. This is your host, Elaine Kohanowitz, and you've come to the right place if you're a mom and you're looking for real talk, real help, and real fun. So I have been wanting to get together with some friends of mine for a long time um, and give you moms hopefully a treat and hopefully something some kind of gem of information in there somewhere. <laughs> um, I want to introduce you to uh, my friend Laura and my friend Laisha. I think between the three of us, we have like 15 kids. Is that right? <laughs> Actually, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah. I think, let's see, Laura has five and Laisha has four and I have six. So, yeah, 15. <laughs> Between the ages of what's your youngest, Laisha? Uh, nine now. She'll be well. No, she'll be ten in February. <clears throat> okay, yeah. So we all have a nine or ten year old. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and then, what's your oldest, Laura? Uh Brooke is twenty two. Twenty two. Okay, I've got Daniel's going to be twenty one tomorrow. Ooh, and, happy birthday! Yeah. And how old's your oldest, Laisha? Uh, he just turned twenty. Yeah, so Whoa. so we, we've got a few years of experience with children. <laughs> so I thought we'd do a, a little uh, a question and answer session, and um, maybe someday we'll take your questions live. I don't know. We'll see how that goes. But for today, we are going to answer some questions from goodhousekeeping.com. They actually had an article about some of the toughest parenting questions and it's actually kind of like a little um, survey. So when I click on the question, I can see like how people voted. You can see how bad of a parent you rank. (laughs) (laughs) Or better yet, we can, we can, we can see, you know, how like uh, stupid people (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay so um we've known each other for quite a few years and sadly Laisha just moved away from us so this is the first time we've gotten to talk to her since she so moved sorry <clears throat> no it's so sad so anyway though I think that this is going to be a treat so the first question is Okay, so there, let me just say that they're in order of, like, age. So the first okay. one's about babies. So the first question is, do you let your baby cry out? And I'm going to click on the, okay, there's yes, and you can answer yes or no. So how many percent do you think answered yes, and how many percent do you think answered no? Ooh. I uh, would say... I w- I'm going to go majority would say, yeah, let your baby cry. Good exercise for them. Right? I was going to say the opposite. I was going to say, I bet nobody, like, agreed to to answer that Admit. one, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, actually, very, almost 50-50, 45% oh, right. answered yes in this survey. Like, I have no idea who they asked. <laughs> 55% answered no. So what do you think, Laura, what did, what would you do? What did you do with your kids? 
You know what? It depended on my, it was totally different from kid to kid, situation to situation. If I was annoyed and didn't want to hear them, then I would, you know, silence the child with soothing motherly, you know, wave. (laughs) But but if I was having a, if I was on my A game, I'd be like, kid can cry it out, you know, they're fine. So probably depending on the day and the mood and circumstances. I think my age too, though, played a big part in it because my kids are so spread out. Um, like my, uh, there's four years between my first three and then there's only like what, 18 months between my last two. But I had a friend give me advice when I had my oldest and she was like, definitely let them cry it out. You don't want them to become so dependent on you that, you know, if you leave the room, they start freaking out. Um, and, um, and so I think by day two of him being born, he was already in a separate crib and, um, but he also slept through the night, which I think that helped a lot because oh, um, I kind he, of hate you. I kind of hate you. <laughs> oh no, no, no. But then on my set, so, so then on my second four years later, so it's like every four years later, we had another kid and it's like we had another kid and forgot how miserable we were for the first year of our life. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, four years to, <laughs> to forget about it. Yeah. So um, our second didn't eat. She had a very high palate and I discovered like 20 years later that she wasn't able to latch. When so it doesn't matter was, anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't matter. She's very healthy now. But yeah, she wasn't latching and she wasn't eating. So the girl did not sleep for the first five months. And I almost killed her like five times. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I don't know what's wrong with this baby. Um, and nobody could help me out because I didn't oh. have any family around. And But she was up every two hours, probably for the three, first three or four months. So oh I was gosh. not able. And my husband was working night shifts. So like. She, she couldn't sleep and I couldn't sleep and I was miserable. Um, so yeah, each baby was very different. So with the other ones, they, you didn't even have the opportunity to let them cry it out because she was so miserable. (laughs) So miserable. Well, then Clara came four years later and I think she slept through the night too. So it was like, oh, okay. Back to reality. Um, and that's why you had the fourth. Otherwise you wouldn't have Exactly. I'm like, oh, I could do this again. No, Annika was a happy accident, which is why she was not timed or spaced out correctly. <laughs> but she also was a preemie for no reason. Like she was born five weeks early. So she, um, for the first five weeks, she, I'm like, you're still supposed to be in my tummy. And she was only like barely five pounds and literally slept on my stomach. I was much nicer the older I got with infants. So <laughs> my patients actually grew as I aged. So I was more, I think, maternal and comforting and nurturing as a mom with my last two than I was my first two. I, I can for sure say that. So, Well, I know I, Annika wanted to come out. And we know her. She was ready yeah. to conquer the oh, yeah. world. She's like, that's a stupid. Get me out. <laughs> it's growing business. True. It's true of all moms, though. Don't you think that as a mother, you're more relaxed um, with subsequent children? And so oh, I yeah. think our kids pick up on that. I know that my my first was the worst, and they just got easier. So mm-hmm. because, I don't know. I agree. I they could sense that I was more relaxed. 
or maybe I just ignored their crying or didn't stress out about it. I don't know, but it was like, you know, when you're when you have your first baby, it's like, oh no, they're crying. What do I do to? Yeah. Fix? Yeah. How can and I then make you by, Yeah. I just remember when they were about one. That Ron would be like, okay, enough is enough. You're not getting up for this child anymore. And he would literally, like, put his arm across my chest in bed. <laughs> and be like, you are not moving. And I would be, like, listening to the child cry and just be, like, an emotional wreck. Like, I know you're right, but I just can't stand it. I have to help them. <laughs> I have to help them because they're dying in there. <laughs> but he would save me. And, of course, it would only take, you know, two or three nights and then they'd be fine. <laughs> I really didn't like this sounds terrible and you're not supposed to say it out loud but I really didn't like how needy babies were that really annoyed me <laughs> so, so I was so impatient with my first two and I know this for a fact so when I kept having the you know their siblings I'm like oh good you can help me feed them because um, I can't keep doing this <laughs> so, I would pump and have them feed them through a bottle because I just sitting down and like feeding them or sitting them down and like having quiet mom baby time. I was like, it's always baby time. So like, you know, someone feed this kid a bottle so like I can go get my chores done. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, I remember like by like six months. You know, when they could hold their own bottle, they were holding their own bottle. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're like, you need to feed yourself. It's about time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love you, but like you're mm -hmm. on my hip and then you're in my backpack and then, you know, you're like, you know, you gotta I never, I only have one hand. <laughs> so. Oh, yes. The chores you can do with one hand is insane. <laughs> do you guys? Remember the first time you were out, this is kind of probably a TMI situation, but the first time you were out with your baby who couldn't stand up yet, but didn't need the infant carrier and you were out in public and had to use a public restroom. And you're like, uh, what do I do with my baby while I use the restroom? <laughs> like, do I let him oh, no, you know those little? Part? Yeah. When they first came out with those little seats that seats. fold down from the wall. Yeah. That's what I you're talking like, about. Jesus oh. sent you. Yes. 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 The chairs in there. I'm like, what is happening? It's like a modern day miracle. Yeah, I, would have to, I would, I would literally bend over with the kid on my, on my hip, trying to inch my pants down with the kid on my hip <laughs> and then set him on my lap just so I could go to the restroom. <laughs> I remember. I remember like having to sit on the public toilet, which I never did. Like I'm a squatter, a sitter. I'm like a hover. Um, and so having to actually sit feeling so grody because I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm sitting on a public toilet, but it's the only way I can keep my baby still who's sitting on my lap. And it just felt so weird and wrong and like <laughs> taken away from me. This feels like child services would not approve of what's going on. <laughs> on the toilet with a baby on my lap and all my pants on. <laughs> Definitely not sanitary. Well, so, and then what in the heck are you supposed to do? No, but Laura, Laura, you had all boys, so at least you could, like, hang them on the purse hooks from their overalls. Ah! I didn't have that option. 
secrets. <laughs> okay, okay, next question. Next question is, okay, this is another baby question. Well, I guess, actually, maybe it's not. How do you feel about co-sleeping? Oh. Okay, yeah, so we've got, why not, as long as everyone sleeps, or no, we need our own space. We'll see what they say. Okay, how, who, how many do you think said, why not, as long as everyone sleeps? I think that's going to be a minority, just because doctors frown upon it so big. Right. Like, that's a big, like, oh, don't get drunk and roll over your kid type thing. You know, like, they always scare you, like you're going to suffocate your baby or you know, roll on it and fall asleep. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah, right. Yeah. That. Well, you're right. That's good. 37% said, why not? And 63% said, no, we need our own space. According to this official survey from goodhousekeeping.com. Of course. <laughs> Personally, I was just kind of like, I, I mean, I guess, like, I have my own thoughts on it, but like, I don't really care what other people do. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't... I'm not like a sleep Nazi where I'm just like, oh, you know, they can't sleep with you or, oh, they have to sleep with you or anything like that, you know? Oh, absolutely. I don't, I don't remember ever having a choice. I think when, as soon as they started walking, they just lingered into my room and I don't even remember. <laughs> they just show up and it's normally at my uh, hour where I'm in my deepest sleep. So I don't even know who's crawling into my bed. So it could be my neighbor. <laughs> yeah so they don't ask they just show up yeah i i think when i had like when they were like really little so then when they were like their first three months we kind of devised this plan and ron would go sleep with the boys and they would make what they called the super duper bed they would put all the beds together and then he would, and the kids would all sleep together in the other room. And they thought it was like the coolest thing ever. And then I would get our room to myself with the baby for like the first three months. So I could get up and turn on the light and, you know, breastfeed and get in the rocker, or turn on the swing or whatever I had to do. Cause Ron wasn't there. And so I didn't have to, you know, like think about him. <laughs> that's that's really so smart. Yeah. And so that's really kind of him. <laughs> and then like when he when they were like the next stage we just put him in the crib next to our bed and then eventually we put him in with the other kids you know like when they were I don't know six months or nine months or whenever it was but I did get to the point like where like after like a couple kids you know by the time you have the third it's like when you lay in bed you're like I don't want to be touched anymore <laughs> so this child has to sleep in the crib <laughs> I've been touched all day. That's enough. I can't stand it anymore. (laughs) Well, go ahead, Laura. No, no, Alicia. Well, I was going to say, okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Totally knew it. (laughs) I didn't. The only thing I have to add to that is I didn't have a choice for Annika. And then from what I remember reading on um, baby development, preemies um have a different um uh like comfort need and so she had to be held and touched and comforted much more than my other kids and even to this day 
she has to be held more often and that's the only way she can be soothed even now. So um, I don't mind her coming in as often because I think it had a lot to do with her premature birth more than it did. Um, like that's just how she rolls. Cause even my second oldest loves to be held, but she doesn't have this need to come into my room at night. Like my youngest does. So, um, so that I give her a little bit more leniency because I know, it, even though I think, she, Laura, you're right, she definitely caused her premature birth. She wanted out. <laughs> <laughs> that was definitely her fault. <laughs> Probably couldn't think that one through as a preemie. So, <laughs> what did you do, Laura? It was uh, pretty much the same, I think, <laughs> with all of them. Oh, so I didn't have the luxury of children that slept through the night and I nursed them <laughs> all until they were a year old and they Ow. all loved the midnight snack. So I would start them <laughs> off. I would, I would nurse them, put them in their own bed. And then at some point in the middle of the night during a feeding, I'd be like, forget the rocker. I'm just going back to sleep and they can fall back to sleep eating. And I'm going to, so I would just like, they could nurse, I can go back to sleep and right wrong different and so we have a and my husband and I have a king size bed so I would kind of like make a pillow blockade like don't go over the pillow wall you'll, you'll <laughs> so we have like a pillow wall that he was you stay on your side and the, and the baby and I get the middle have the pillow wall so that's fun and, and so, and by the time they were old enough to sleep in their own crib, yes, absolutely. And when they were sleeping through the night, glory, glory, hallelujah. And then, you know, when they were rotten little two and three year olds again, yes, found their way back <laughs> into our bed. <laughs> <laughs> Who let that kid out of the crib? <laughs> That's what I would always say. <laughs> the siblings, they would always teach him how to crawl out. I'm like, mm-hmm. You doing? Aiden about the enemy. That's what they were doing. <laughs> okay, the next question is what age should you start potty training? Under two or over two? Oh gosh. Okay, how many think started under two? What's the percent that, of people that I bet a lot. Really? That is super ambitious, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's kind of pushed in some circles. Really? Well, according to this survey, it's 38% under two and 62% over two. Oh, okay. Definitely Mm -hmm. over two. Some of them even closer to three because boys, man. Like, stubborn boys. They Mm got to decide on Yeah, they sure do. All I have to say is that by the time I got to the sixth, my oldest daughter and my husband said, you need to potty train this child. And I said, why? <laughs> that sounds like work. Why would I ever, ever do that? If you want this kid potty trained, then you do it yourself. So they did. <laughs> my oldest daughter potty trains my youngest child. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's just a straight annoyance. That's awesome. That was brilliant. Which, by the way, that's exactly why I tell everybody, if you've only had two quids, you've quit. 
because those two, the first two kids really should be raising your last two kids or your last four kids. <laughs> it makes life so much easier. I know, right? Yes. They're like chauffeurs and nannies and butlers all wrapped into older siblings. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> the, the other potty training stuff was this. That was way too hard. <laughs> and then you, you just figure out, like, eventually they'll figure it out. Right. You're just willing to buy diapers long enough. <laughs> yeah. Well, and because I spaced mine out by four years, I wasn't as annoyed as if I had, like, three of them in diapers together. So there wasn't oh, as true. much of a motivating factor. But I do remember my last two because they were so close together. Kind of, they all kind of potty trained together because... I think they were motivated by each other. Oh, one, right. One, one of them wanted, in, I want to do it too. Yeah, I don't want to be left out. So that was a little bit easier. And I'm like, oh, I bet this is why people have kids so close together. But <laughs> learn that one See, too late. Kids <laughs> close together and big families, right? That's right. That's right. Were your boys harder? Were your boys hard, Laura? Do you remember? No. Well, I waited good and long, I think. I, I waited a little longer with each one because it became less important to be impressive, you know? Right. So true. Like with your first one, you're like, okay, what's the next thing? We have to body train. Right. I don't want to brag to everybody that my child is so advanced, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, care if he's advanced or not. <laughs> so, yeah, no, they were pretty easy. The, the last two, I think, I mean, I don't remember it being an issue. I do remember one time, one of them, like, taking off his underwear and pooping on the floor with company. I was like, I know, right? <laughs> it was a, a proper little fur bird, and it didn't really matter. <laughs> on the floor. I was like, I'm going to go clean the turd up off the floor, and then I'll be back, family. <laughs> so, don't mind me. <laughs> that is so funny. Oh my gosh. Well, I can imagine that your boys even wanted to go and pee outside. Absolutely. Yeah, that was absolutely it. If I yeah. let them pee outside, that was a treat. Making yeah. them pee in the toilet was a chore. But peeing anywhere but the toilet was a fun, you know? Like, yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's the brilliant and easy thing with the boys, you know, because at least, like you said, you could get them to pee outside. I remember one time. I was sitting on the couch, and Joe, he's was like, I don't know, maybe three or four, something like that. And he was standing outside, but he, the the storm door was like glass, just the storm door was on, so I could see, you know, him outside from the couch. And he was standing like in front of the porch, and <laughs> he decided he was going to pee in the front yard. Well, right at that moment, like before I could do anything, our neighbor walked by walking the dog and she looked at him and he just waved this big old wave like he was peeing and he was like, hi, Nancy, how are you? <laughs> And thank God I was at least in the house because nobody could see my face turning pee red. That's funny. Or, or pretending that that wasn't my child. Right? That's not mine. That's not one of mine. Have you ever done that? Pretended that one of your kids wasn't yours in a public place where nobody's known better? 
Is no, it? They, all, they all look like me. I can't do that. <laughs> Don't they? They do. Isn't that like totally the normal parent thing to do? You're like watching them out of the corner of your eye, but keeping an eye on them while acting like you don't really know. Who they are. <laughs> <laughs> that kid in the second aisle throwing the fit. Oh my gosh, who's parents? Yeah, terrible. <laughs> really a handful. Father. <laughs> Okay, let's see what the next question is. Next question is, okay, this is school-age children. Okay, when would you put a kindergartner to bed? Before 8 or after 8? Okay, what percent did you think said before 8? Oh, I think a lot of them. Oh, wow. That's early. Before 8, you said? Yeah, for a kindergartner. Oh, yeah, I was a firm believer in before eight, so I would say everyone agrees with me. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm an after eight kind of gal. <laughs> I do not okay, want that kid waking up in the middle of the night. <laughs> we aren't taking any chances. Exactly. <laughs> 75% before eight and 25% after eight. I don't know. I have to agree with Laura, though. I literally don't think my children have ever gone to bed in their entire existence before I took off. <laughs> Only when they're sick. <laughs> Only when they're sick. My kids just did so much better when um, they were that I could guarantee that they had like 12 hours of sleep. So the only reason why I did it, because all my kids, if they didn't have enough sleep, did not function normally. Either their mornings were terrible or the next day, like late evening after school, they would crash. So I just knew right away that if I didn't get their sleep schedule and really stick to it, it was not going to be best for me in the long run. So I didn't do it because of you know, I need more me time or anything like that. My kids just really demanded a lot of sleep. But I will say that my youngest now does thinks she doesn't need as much sleep. So she tries to stay up as late as all of her older siblings. <laughs> and um, yes, and she is a bear in the morning if she does not go to bed early. So I don't know. But I definitely don't enforce it as much as I used to. Well, you're doing virtual school right now, right? So is that different? Like, do you have to be uh, up by a certain time? Yeah, all the kids have to be online by eight. So, oh, okay. eight or eight thirty. So, yeah, I mean that. I mean, it still matters um, enough where they have to be cognitive enough to. Yeah, yeah, turn yeah ready to go stuff. But, um, but I actually just do it mainly because I enjoy routine and schedule. Um, I mean, I don't. I'm not really militant about it. It's just I know we all kind of function better on a schedule. Definitely. I think, especially with this virtual crap, that um, I think they are more likely to be thrown off if they don't have a schedule. Because, like, everything in the world is thrown off. So that is so true. The one thing I can control and we can control is at least being really intentional about our schedule. And then that's the one thing we can maybe control. Um, and so I, I just had made a point to let's just stay on a schedule even if it's a fake one because we just feel like we're functioning still normally society. A little bit yeah. Normally. <clears throat> yeah and honestly i was thinking like let's just say a magic wand happens and we all go back to normal how are we going to do that 
like they have messed us up so internally, even within our internal clocks that it's like, good luck getting anywhere on time anymore, <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. So it's nice to have like at least a semblance of like nor- normalcy. Oh, yes. Yeah. I'm just a believer in that. When everyone else is crazy, be normal. <laughs> is it the opposite when everyone else is normal? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then you can be the oddballs, right? <laughs> I know. That's so true. Now normal is the abnormal. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, Laura, I was going to say like, well, maybe, you know, our I know our schedule is different because we for the most part, homeschooled, but you, you didn't really ever homeschool except for a, for a little while when you guys were on the island. Yeah. So. No, I, so the older kids wanted to stay up later. The younger kids didn't want to be left out. We would do, you know, family movies and family games and things like that. Um, getting, <laughs> I wish I could say I read to my children, but they were not having that. They would not <laughs> sit still and have me read to them. So. It was basically uh, just if I could, get, and even now, I guess now if I can get them in bed before ten, it's a win. But yeah, you know, I try to start the process around eight, eight thirty, and they have to shut up by the time they're it's nine o'clock. So nine o'clock, voice is off, lights out. Um, that and when they, depending on where we were living and when, if they were sharing rooms, they certainly well, went from loud to whisper at nine o'clock. But whatever. Right. They eventually slept. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't stay up that late. So they were probably, <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say, Lori. You're not even up that late. How can you guarantee that? Oh, <laughs> you're real, I'm making this all up. I go to bed before my kids do. Always knew <laughs> <laughs> <Do> it. <laughs> you want me to, uh, let me go get the husband. He can answer this question. <laughs> <laughs> the truth comes out. <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, until like this last two years, we homeschooled. So, you know, we were kind of whatever on yeah. our own. And so we would stay, oh, we wouldn't stay at like super late, you know, or anything like that. But I mean, it, like we probably, I think 10 o'clock is probably our normal kind of witching hour when everybody sort of would finally settle, you know. But, you know, when you don't have to be up at 6, you know, we could get up at, like, 7.30 or 8 or even, like, 8.30. Elaine, what did your kids do that when you guys were up that late? That was my big thing. I'm like, well, what could they possibly be doing up till 10? I, I don't know. You know, it's amazing. Like, kids, like... It's, even if you like put them in their room, it's like it's like they become squirrels or something at like nine o'clock. <laughs> I, I honestly, I think some of the kind of funnest, maybe I don't know if that's a word, but <laughs> funnest times that they had, you know, was like when you're like, okay, it's time for to go to bed, and then they would be in their room, but they would not be asleep at all, and they were like right. wrestling with each other, and you know. <laughs> messing up and then they've got that you know nighttime giggly everything's funny and you know and anything anything you could possibly get away with at that hour was awesome because you were supposed to be in bed (laughs) (laughs) so occasionally you know I take advantage of it like make them you know listen to me you know read the bible or or make them watch some kind of, you know, like documentary that they would never otherwise watch. <laughs> I'll let you stay up if. 
<laughs> you watch this with me. You watch C-SPAN. <laughs> See what Congress is doing right now. Sure, Mom. That sounds awesome. <laughs> That's ingenious. <laughs> All right, let's see what the next question is. Next question is, what's your response to picky eaters? I am making one dinner and one dinner only, or I'll make whatever as long as you eat. Okay, what do you guys think? How many do you think says one one dinner and one dinner only? That would that be the correct answer. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's right. <laughs> Everybody should be agreeing with that one because the yeah. other one is dumb. Seventy <laughs> percent agree with you. Okay. One dinner and one dinner only. So I guess the world hasn't totally tilted off its axis yet. <laughs> I don't know. I have to say I'm kind of a free for all kind of person myself. I don't even really cook anymore, actually. I just Elena, I think that's the best part about having our kids so spread out is how you raised your first three are totally different than how you raised your last three. Yeah. Because my older kids always complain about that. They're like, you know, we would never have gotten away with that when we oh, were younger. Right. And that. I'm always like, yeah, I know. Things change. <laughs> <laughs> or what about Christmas this year? My older, the older two came home. And so we don't, we're not poor anymore because we're older and like, we're not poor anymore. We don't have five kids still at home. We're not a single right. some family. We both work. And that wasn't the case, you know, when the kids were little. And so the older two came home and said, we never got this cool Christmas present ever <laughs> when we were growing up. <laughs> and we're just like... <laughs> say to that i'm sorry <laughs> sorry now, now that your expensive butt moved out we've got so much more <laughs> so <stress>. much more <laughs> money we're so thankful you moved out <laughs> <laughs> oh that's so funny yeah no we i don't know i think when they were little like as far as dinner goes like we we, I cooked, you know, we would eat dinner and sit down and eat dinner. I think it was so long ago that we did that, honestly. My husband's a runner. So when he, his like mind, like everything in life revolves around the running schedule. So when, when he comes home, it's not about coming home, you know, and having a family dinner. It's like, hmm, like, okay, when do I fit in my run around my meal schedule, you know? Cause like you know what I mean, like cause you have yeah. to eat and then you have to have a couple hours, right? And then you have to run and then you can't eat right away. You have to cool down, right? So <laughs> that's so when exhausting. He, this is why. Oh run. my gosh! So you know when he comes home, it's just like he never really sits down to eat dinner. So it's usually just and like you guys said, the kids are older now too. So half the time they're not, the older ones aren't even home. You know, like at a at any normal time. So it's kind of like I make dinner and then it just sort of like gets eaten progressively throughout the night by whoever happens to come in the kitchen. <laughs> so when they get done running and they get done with their sports and, you know, the kids finally, other kids get, you know, finally hungry from school, they'll, they'll eat. <laughs> That's funny. That's like a buffet. 
Yeah. <laughs> a smorgasbord. Mm-hmm. Now, now I know for a fact though that Laura is really good about cooking dinner almost every night. Oh, I don't know who you've been talking to, but you know, that is not my email you've been reading because. <laughs> I've seen you when you guys like you're even late and you'll cook dinner at like seven or eight o'clock if you guys don't get home till late and y'all sit down together, don't you? Um, that, yeah, we'll go with that. That sounds really good. That paints me in a much better light. (laughs) The better answer. That's right. (laughs) No, I think it depends on the sports schedules. And Wednesday night is like across the board, fend for yourself night. Like get it yourself. I'm off duty because we go to church on Wednesday nights. Um, and so I don't want to scramble and make a meal. It's like snack or do whatever you have to do to get yourself fed. Um, but it's always been a make, uh, I make the one meal and they can opt out, but I'm not making it. It's like, if you don't want yeah. what I made, by all means, rummage around and make yourself something. However, I have to approve it. So you're not going to eat, you know, Reese's puffs for dinner. You've got to have, you know, something with protein, something vegetable, like for the, whatever they make themselves. So that's awesome. Yeah. What do you, do you guys sit down, Laisha? Yeah, we we do. I think more so now, like with the shutdown, um, it was starting to get a little bit more sporadic where we would only sit down a couple times a week Um, or we would have like stand around dinners. That's what I would call them, where (laughs) all the food kind of just on the counter and then we would stand over it like a bunch of like, (laughs) I don't know, sailors, (laughs) cows at a trough. Stand. Okay, well they eat. <laughs> okay, Laura. <laughs> so yeah, we and we just and I just we found ourselves doing that more often, and I don't know why there was no rhyme or reason to it. And then, um, but then I also found that my girls really like to cook, and so um, I have to start being less. Um, uh, and I don't want to use the word controlling as if like I have some kind of power in it, but. Um, they really enjoy cooking, um, and I think that they've seen how much I enjoy it, and it was always kind of my quiet time and my alone time putting oh, yeah. a meal together. So I think they kind of wanted in on that, and so um, I also get a lot of joy out of, like, cooking for people, so um, I think they're kind of taking that on, too, So which I enjoy, but now I have to remember, like, they need to be a part of the planning. They have to be a part of the prep. They have to actually do it all. And then it's really difficult, but then I have to leave the kitchen. So I'm like, well, what the heck am I going to do? So <laughs> I, it's changing a little bit in our house, which is a good thing. But I, I'm also having to learn on the go of what that looks like. Um, so we do still try to have sit-down dinners, but it may not just be me cooking it. But That's pretty uh-huh. cool, though. Yeah, well, I like hospitality is really important to me. And I think it's kind of a lost art in our culture right now, Um, especially with children. Like they don't know how to do that. So I am really blessed that my kids want to even want to do that. Um, But um, so I don't mind letting go of that. It's just really something new because I really learned like having so many kids and then also going from the workplace to staying at home, I think I had to learn to get my 
quiet time and get my, my, my downtime in a different way. So it wasn't like with everyone out of the house, it was, well, I've got to kind of learn to be content where I'm at. So that was cooking for me. And it was a huge stress reliever for me to do that. And so now I just have to find a new way to do that because now my girls want to kind of enter into the cooking picture. And I'm like, well, that's fine. I just still don't know what to do with myself. So isn't it weird, though? Because like, think about how many years you've cooked dinner. Oh, I know. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. As much as, as much as I would complain about it or whatever, it's just like, you know what I mean? It's just such a ritual and such a, like, something that you, you, I don't know, it's part of your role, I guess, as as well as a joy, if you enjoy it, you know? Well, and I think that was the thing I had to learn to enjoy it. It was definitely not natural. I think it goes in phases for me. Sometimes I really like it. And then other times I just get really tired of trying to come up with ideas all the time oh that's for sure (laughs) yeah also like what what laura i said the cooking rut is real it's fun when you have new creative things to try but when it's like ugh, what do i want to try tonight or what do i want to make tonight i want something fast that we haven't had you know five nights times you know what i mean oh yeah it's so hard yeah. You would think with Pinterest it wouldn't be, but it is. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And then I just started working. Um, I know, like, you guys have kind of, you guys have had a really interesting, like, work mom kind of balance. Because I think you both had, like, you know, a lot of variety kind of in that way over the time that you've been mothers, don't you think? Because, like, Laura, you, you were, you're an electrician. So... Yeah. You've had different jobs, and then sometimes you've just, you know, been like, you know, free. I don't know what they call it, freelancing or contracting. Yeah, just self-employed. Yeah. Yeah, just odd jobs. The odd job world. Yeah. <laughs> and then, Laisha, you've been at home and worked and gone back and forth, like, different times. Can't quite make up my mind. What am I? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was at home for 20 years and then just started working, you know, last year. So for me, I think that was, for me, it was like just a huge, huge switch. You know what I mean? Like, but I think with the cooking, like, you know, when you come home at five o'clock, like the last thing you want to do is cook. (laughs) Oh, so true. It's hard. You have a hard situation because you didn't ease back into anything. You kind of went from stay-at-home mom to full-time working mom and that's really hard that's really hard yeah yeah and and also we we were like homeschooling before so actually I would say one of our probably probably actually our more like family meal in a way was actually breakfast oh yeah I mean because we were just all there to eat it and, and not not all the years but for a lot of the years I mean even my husband worked at home you know for a lot of the early years and so you know getting up and making a breakfast was a big deal so when we switched to you know all going to school and working you don't have time for that right um, yeah back- door. No. well Elaine I was gonna ask because your family is always so active did is that something that they even wanted in the evening? So it's to all sit down together. 
Well, I mean, I think, I guess I feel like that that's probably, I mean, I suppose your kids could initiate it, but I feel like it's almost more of a parent thing, you know, where you're like, okay, we need to all sit down together and make this like, you know, important, like a priority, especially as the kids get older. And um, I don't know. I think that Ron and I are just sort of laid back. And so we're not the kind maybe to, to make it real traditional necessarily. Mm -hmm. So because we never really, you know, pushed it, they never really pushed it either, I guess. Right. Is, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. <clears throat> All right, let's see what the next question is. Okay, do you spank your children? My parents did nine out and now I do too? Never. Okay, how many think said my parents did and now I do too? Oh, less than 50%. How? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a big fan of spanking my children. <laughs> I am totally, totally fine with spanking. But okay, so you are correct. 44% said my parents did and now I do too. 56% said never. Yeah, that does not surprise me. I mean, I think, I guess I think about it like, it's not like you have to spank your children. I think it's more like whatever works. Yep. But I guess I'm surprised that that many people could find something else that worked. <laughs> oh, no, they don't. Oh, right. And that's why they don't like their children. And most people don't like their children either. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell almost every kid that has never been spanked. <laughs> And let's just say Laisha's been around some tough kids. Didn't I have been around inner some city tough for a while. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they were they were the never the ones you had to worry about though. You have to worry about the ones that are so spoiled and entitled that they'll, you know, flip you off to your face and ask you what are you gonna do about it? And I'm like, Well, if I catch you in an alley, I'll show you. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> you won't know it's me. <laughs> <laughs> be the mass disciplinarian that's right <laughs> well so i found out um real quick which child um responded to spanking very quickly like the one time i spanked my youngest and um she i want to say it was maybe her first or second spanking and I mean, she was real young and she was super rambunctious at a very young age, but, um, she, um, like I spanked her once and I watched her face and I could almost see her eyes sucking back up the tear. Uh -huh. And then she looked at me and she goes, I'm fine. <laughs> she walked away and I'm like, and ineffective. <laughs> so I didn't ever have to spank her after that. Cause it didn't work. Yeah. Um, but, you, had to, you had to use other other disciplinary and creative ideas to get her to respond. Oh, oh, yeah. And, I mean, it for her, I had to change them up, like, every... It had to surprise her, because if she ever figured out what was coming as her punishment, she would weigh in her mind whether or not what she was doing was worth it, and just go <laughs> for it anyways. <laughs> and she still does that, by the way. Is this your oldest... No, this is my youngest. Oh, okay. That totally <laughs> makes sense. <actually>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then for my second, spanking never worked because she just, <clears throat> so we had a timeout rocking chair 
And most of the time, I just said, do you need a few minutes to get yourself together? And she was like, yep. And it was never a punishment sort of deal. It was more like she actually just needed a mental break. She would go um, and I would say, like, how many minutes do you think you'll need? And she would, like, throw out a number. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And it was almost like she just needed an emotional reset. And that's all she needed. She didn't need much more. Yeah. Well, see, I mean, I think that to me is the point. You know what I mean? It really just depends on the kid. I don't think there's anything abusive about spanking. I mean, your bottom's pretty soft. (laughs) 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 Hurt it too badly. But there's just some kids that, A, either don't need it, or B, that just doesn't work. Yeah. But if it works, you know, go for it. Yeah. Well, and I think that was the point, is it didn't work on... It didn't work on my youngest. It worked on my oldest just fine. Um, I think we were a lot more disciplinarian with him. And when I look back on it, he was probably our best child. So we have to apologize a lot. (laughs) 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 But I will say this, though. I think having boys. So, Elaine, you and Laura had boys together. And I think boys get dumber when they're in a group. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And they just really spur each other on. So, like, there is a need for spanking when it comes to that. I didn't have that issue because I only had one son. So I think that was a big difference between raising three girls together versus if, if, if my son had another sibling who was a boy. So I think that makes a big difference. Well, and I, I think... I, I would always tell my boys, like, the only language you seem to understand is pain. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm saying that tongue-in-cheek, but, and I know it's not every boy's the same, but really, boys are just, like, they are kind of physical beings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, definitely. Very much. Like, they're, like, like, boys get mad at each other, and they're, like, killing each other, and then two minutes later, they're fine. They're fine. Yeah. yeah. But if a girl did that, she'd hate you for the rest of your life. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, girls are, like, just so much more emotional. I think sometimes dealing with them is just different. Whereas a boy, I feel sometimes, like, if you just, like, a good spanking, it just gives you respect. Because you're just like, yep, I needed that. You're right, Mom. I'm done now. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's so true. I had a hierarchy of punishments. So just general rowdiness would earn them some sort of physical punishment like running laps or push-ups or something like that. You know, there, we would use timeout. We saved um, spanking for like serious moral failures like, oh, you, you lied or you hurt right. somebody on purpose. So we didn't, I didn't take spanking lightly. Um, I would definitely use it, but it was like, you big if I had to spank you and guess what they all got some spankings in their life but um my favorite I think the most effective thing so I had one child who was particularly mouthy uh still is but I would <laughs> when when he would mouth off to me I would just kind of I wonder which mouth boy that is I have oh, no huh. idea <laughs> just flick his mouth just a little flick like with my my thumb and my middle finger just flick it and just and it would shut him up instantly and he would whimper a little bit and it was just a thing and more than anything an embarrassment but anytime he tried back talk 
I would just flick his mouth. And so that was my favorite for that particular kid who there was a, <laughs> there was a day that he would just so naughty. I felt like a child abuser because like, he was in trouble the entire day. And I thought if I could only just like give him a reason to compliment his behavior, I just need anything to go on here to tell him what a good boy he is. And he gave me nothing that whole day. <laughs> he was such a wretched child the whole day. So, yeah. Well, thankfully he's made up for it. He is pretty handsome now, I have to say. Abby. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that makes up for the mouthy. No mouthy. You're mouthy, but you sure are handsome. Yeah, <laughs> look good. <laughs> okay, let's see what the next one is. Next one is. Oh, did you ever put your kids in timeout? Yes. Are you kidding? Or never have, never will. Okay. How many think you said? How many percent do you think said yes? Are you kidding? I would hope but like a hundred percent. I don't want to know the other half of those people. <laughs> <laughs> those are the ones that try to reason with their child. Right. No, let's have a logical conversation about this. <laughs> I totally understand what you're saying. 87% said, yes, are you kidding? So, okay. well, I like those 87%. That's about yeah. right. That's hope. Yeah. Any Anytime I would read a book where they you know, like a, chi a child rearing book, you know, what, what, or maybe a medical doctor child book, you know, where they were like, yeah, don't, you know, spank your child or don't put them in timeout, you know, I would immediately like flip to the back and read the author's notes and find out, did they have girls? <laughs> and then inevitably they had like a girl, you know what I mean? <laughs> Not to say that girls aren't strong-willed. Believe me, we all know that we oh, we've yeah. got we've all got strong-willed, very strong-willed girls. For sure. But it, it's different, you know, having like one girl or maybe even two, you know, mild-mannered girls than having like a bunch of boys or a bunch of kids. Generally, okay. I mean. Well, and I think that's the difference between like, um, you know, like I, Laura, I like what you said, how you had, uh, you had a scale and they had to work their way up the scale of punishment. You know, it wasn't like a one size fit all because that's kind of how you always have to raise your kids. Each kid is individual. Like I have uh, one kid who is super sensitive and like, if I even just yell, I could just even be yelling dinner and she would, you know, be snuggling <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> and she would tell me all the time, like, you don't, you, you don't yell at me like that. Don't yell at me. It, it hurts me. And so, um, and not like I intentionally yell at her to hurt her, but it's like, she's so sensitive. I don't have to be very creative with my punishment. Like yeah. a stern talking to is enough for her or even just like, let's talk about what you did. And she's already crying before she starts talking. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so like knowing your kid is the best way to understand what works for them. Because, you know, like I, my parents had a one size fit all punishing us and man, I don't think it worked for any of us. <laughs> And so I learned from that right away that like the punishment has to fit the crime and then it really has to be individualized for that kid because like my oldest did not respond the same way my second did. Yeah. And, and, and that's what you want. You want their 
that you want their behavior to change or at least learn something from it, which is a whole point of punishment. It isn't just to like put them in their place. So yeah, learning your kid is so essential. Yeah. I never had like, like people talk about putting their kids in timeout. Like I never had one kid that would willingly go to timeout. <laughs> I mean, out of six children, no. it was like baptism by fire. I mean, any kind of punishment. I mean, they were smart. They were like, mm, no, I am not Mom doing anything distracted. I don't have to do. Mom gets distracted with your other five children. And all of a sudden, the two-minute timeout turns into a half hour. They're not dumb. They're going to go do their own thing. <laughs> No, we never even got to the two-minute timeout. I mean, I literally had to, like, you know, like, put them in their room and stand in front of the door while they, like, tried to beat the door down. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I I never had a kid who would, like, just go sit on the stairs for two minutes. They were going to run down the street and, like, get away from me before they were going to do anything I said. Elaine, actually, one of your kids did do that to me, and he made up four <laughs> blocks before I caught up with him. <laughs> was it Mac? It was Mac. Yes! <laughs> and I had all the neighbors out the door going, you need some help? And I'm like, I don't know. I'll let you know if I don't catch him. <laughs> Never had a runner. <laughs> oh, he's he's great. I remember having to take taking him to gymnastics one day and he didn't want to go. And I Elaine confessions, that child did not wear a seatbelt on the way to gymnastics because he took it off and I had to hold him in a headlock while I drove him to gymnastics. <laughs> I remember he was gonna out of a moving vehicle if I did he had that seatbelt off and he was flailing. Him to gymnastics just fine. <laughs> oh, I have so many stories. Whenever I would try to leave, Genevieve, she when she was little, she would stand out in the driveway and like just cry her eyes out. The neighbor, like you know, ten houses down, said he could hear her in his house. <laughs> <laughs> and then if I tried to leave with Mag, he would do exactly what you said. He would chase the car down. One time. Ron, like, ran out the door in his underwear all the way down the street to the stop sign trying to get him. <laughs> Yo, I, I remember him being that way. I oh, met my gosh. <laughs> so when I read, you know, these books or people... Okay, this is another story. When Daniel was little, he was three. So he was my first child. So I had another one then because... The next one was one and a half, and I was probably pregnant, maybe, with the third one. And when I don't know about three, but when they turn three, it's like, it's like, I don't know, it's like their brains melt or something, and they just kind of go crazy. I don't know what happens to them. But, you know, you after you've had a few, you're like, okay, I know that this is just the way it is. But with the first one, you're like, what is going yeah. on? <laughs> and so he wouldn't so I'd been going to see this like nurse practitioner and we I took Daniel to see her and he would not cooperate at all and she's like well you need to you need to get him to cooperate 
And I'm like, I don't know what to do with him. <laughs> okay. I'm like desperate for like advice, you know? And I'm like, I can't even get him to go, you know, to stay in his bed anymore at night. I've had to spank him because that's the only way I can get him to sleep. And she's like, oh, you shouldn't spank him. And I'm like, okay, well, what do I do? And she's, she had no answer. Yeah. She's like, I got nothing. I mean, what is I supposed to do? Like lock him in his room as a three-year-old and worry that he's going to choke himself, you know, on something while I'm not in there. Like you can't, you can't put them in time out. You're trying to get them in their bed. Yeah. So I guess I just always think, you know, with some of the, the parenting advice, it's like, that sounds really good, but reality is kind of a, yeah. kind of a different thing. Well, and that's, a, I, that's why I can't stand. Uh, so my second, um, she was not able to sleep through the night. And I, I know I was like having a nervous breakdown because I wasn't sleeping and I was about to go back to work full time and she still was not sleeping through the night. So like, I know there was very little like, um, intelligence floating through my head. Like I couldn't even put like (laughs) sentences together at this point. It was just like, we are barely keeping people alive in this house. Um, and I even remember crying to my dad about it going, dad, I just need some sleep. And you know, his kind response was, well, you wanted another child. This is what you do. And I'm like, no, that's what family always says. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but I, I remember, uh, my mom came out and she, and this is when, you know how the doctors keep on switching it. Like, don't sleep them on their side. Don't sleep them on their stomach. And I'm like, oh, which is it? Which rule is it? Which one are we following this child? So, um, and <laughs> 10 years was, later. Right. So the doctor, when, when she was born was like, I think, I think is like, they're only, they were only allowed to sleep on their back. Well, I was following all the rules and she wasn't sleeping. She wasn't sleeping. So not only was she not eating, she wasn't sleeping. So she was a super miserable kid. And then my mom came and we had this big fluffy like leather couch and she swaddled her up really tight and she slept her on her side between these two couch cushions. So it almost felt like she was sleeping on her stomach that baby fell asleep and slept for like four hours straight because oh, she oh. felt like she was sleeping on her stomach and that's how she wanted to sleep. Praise God for old fashioned mothers. I know. Help us, right? so, I mean, I like, I remember crying because I'm just like, oh my gosh, those stupid doctors. I don't know what they're talking about. And I've been miserable this whole time. So, um, so I started sleeping her on her stomach and she didn't have any problems. She started sleeping through the night You know, I also put her on a bottle that also helped because she had a very high palate. And so I realized I had to stop breastfeeding. So like slowly my brain is coming back because I could sleep too. Well, I went to the next doctor's appointment um, and the doctor was going down there, you know, doctorly checklist of, and she doesn't sleep on her stomach, right? And I'm like, you know what? She does sleep on her stomach. And you know what? She's alive and I'm happy and we're all sleeping. So you can put that in your notes. (laughs) (laughs) And he was like, well, okay. (laughs) I know that's when you're kind of like, well, if you want to do it your way here, take this. My kid, get her to sleep. Feed her too while you're at it because she won't eat. (laughs) 
Yeah, that's why I don't, I do not like giving uh, advice to parents at all. I don't care how desperate they are because if I'm not the one raising those kids, I'm not going to tell you what worked for my kid because even if you do it, I don't know if it's going to work for your kid. And I think it's really mean to put that expectation out there. Like it's some kind of magic, you know, like what work for my kid? It'll work for yours. I'm like, no, I had to put in the work (laughs) 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 or I had some magical mom moment, you know, where my mom was able to figure it out when I couldn't, I'm like, I don't know what's going to work for your kid, unfortunately. So I hate giving cheap mom advice. It never works. Although I do think it's nice just to hear, I do think it's nice to hear from other moms sometimes versus like a book or something, you know, because they're like, just more practical I feel like you know like it's it's like you're saying you know it's like this is the reality like I like I remember Ron's cousin they had twins they were preemies and that was back before they had like noise machines you know and stuff Mm -hmm. and so she burned out like several vacuums like just leaving the vacuum on at night you know what I mean oh wow yeah just to get them to because that that was the only way they would sleep the noise sure yeah Wow. The noise. The best mom advice I could ever give a mom is in the event that your instinct, your like maternal instinct is conflicting with like the medical profession's advice or, you know, your, your grandmother's advice or anybody's advice, just always follow your maternal instinct because Mm -hmm. it's there for a reason. You need to listen to it. I know so many moms that have said, well, either I just knew something was wrong, even though the symptoms seemed slight. So I took them in and it saved their life, you know, that type of thing. Or every now and then you'll hear, I knew something was wrong, but I listened to somebody else and I should have taken them in, Mm. you know, that Mm -hmm. sort of thing. So I've just never heard a story where a mother's instinct was wrong. Yeah. Right. Or even the opposite, like, you know, I remember, like, I, we got, I finally got rid of one pediatrician because I was like, she kept, you know, ordering all these tests. And I'm like, we just don't need this. You know, this is just like superfluous. And in fact, it wasn't too long after that, that I actually even, I just quit going to child well visits altogether. Some of my kids, I don't know if they've ever been to a doctor, to be honest. (laughs) Well, I think, I think that, and I think we're finding this out, especially in the shutdown, that there's more fear out there with all this speculation than there is actual medicine going on. Um, And so my husband is a secret hypochondriac and (laughs) he loves to go in the doctor and his big thing is, is, well, it's their job to figure it out. And I'm like, Actually, they're not. They're like only working off the evidence you give them because you're not living in them and they're not running all these tests on you. So it's really just an old school of thinking that a doctor is going to solve your problem. That's not what medicine's about anymore. It's right. like, well, how bad can I scare you by giving you these nine possible diseases that you probably don't have? <laughs> and I think a lot of people have learned to receive that, especially over their kids. And there's nothing else to balance it out. Like, it's always, like, crazy extremes, you know? Like, you're either shunning all medicine or, like, yeah, you have to follow every single, you know. Right, yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's so. Exactly. Like, it's so refreshing when we have been, actually, to a few times, you know, to 
Um, Because I'm all for medical doctors and all for naturopathic doctors. Whatever, you know, works for you, I think, is the answer. (laughs) But it's so refreshing, you know, when you go to one and they're just like, I don't know, they they acknowledge the fact that you're the parent and it's your choice, you know, and and that your your choice is really, and at the end of the day, your choice is the best one. Yeah. Well, I had a doctor who, um, he receives my mom temperature as actual scientific fact. <laughs> what does that mean? Well, cause I, I took my kid into the doctor and, um, I didn't own a thermometer. As a matter of fact, I haven't owned a thermometer in years. You know, you just feel their head and you're like, yeah, it's about one-on-one. So, <laughs> so I told the doctor that I go, well, my mom temperature thinks it's about a hundred. <laughs> And he goes, oh, okay, well, let's just write that down. So he actually wrote it down, and then he took their temperature, and she was exactly 100. I'm like, told you. (laughs) (laughs) So I now quote it as, well, my mom thermometer says. (laughs) She's about 102. (laughs) But, oh, the whole point of that story was he actually, like, received it as if I knew what I was talking about. Like, I wasn't coming in there as, like, I was paranoid and I wanted something to be wrong with my child. You know, he was like, well, you're the mom, so what do you think? And I'm like, well, I think she's sick because I think she kind of has a temperature. (laughs) He's like, well, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I guess I just appreciate that because otherwise most of the doctors look at you like you're crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. It's really nice to be acknowledged for sure. All right, let's see what the next one is. Next question is, at what age is it okay to leave kids home alone? Under nine or over nine? Okay, how many think said under nine? Uh, I don't think very many. No, I don't think so either. No, actually, it's really small. 3% said under nine. Okay, that does, well, Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. I, I mean, I definitely am not, I'm more inclined to not let, leave them alone. I do think that it really, really depends on the child and their personality though. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. I, mean, I still can't leave my nine-year-old home alone. Yeah. <laughs> she goes wherever I go. Cause I'm like, yeah, you can't be trusted. <laughs> well, I leave my nine and 13 together because I need my nine year old to spy on my 13 year old and make sure he's not up to no good. For sure. For sure. Very good <laughs> reporters. Because the nine year old is probably actually more responsible. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's definitely true. It's all, and I think it depends on the kid's maturity too, because yeah. I know uh, my 14 year old, when he was 12, I could leave the, him home alone, but only if the 10-year-old was there to watch him. Like, because the yeah. 10-year-old was responsible than the 12-year-old and just made mm-hmm. better choices just based right. on who they are. You know, if you have a super careful younger child and a reckless older child, then, right. you know, I, it's not about the age at that point. No, so. it's a bad pairing because I think um, that's why I can't leave my younger one home alone, really, is because she antagonizes the older one. And then the older one doesn't make a good decision. It's like, well, that's not the point. I wanted, I want my kids to learn independence. I don't want them to have to, like, <laughs> have survival or, <laughs> like, <laughs> some Lord of the Flies moment in my house. <laughs> 
<laughs> we leave these three children and hopefully one of them will still be here when we get back. <laughs> we just need one survivor. That's it. <laughs> we only need one heir. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's so well, true though because actually not too long ago i couldn't i have six and i couldn't even leave like some of the like older teenage children young adult children all together to watch the younger ones while we were out of town because yeah. it would be like it would be like two parents being left alone like the oldest boy w would do it one way and the oldest girl would do it the other way and then i'd get these phone calls you know like well he's not watching them and he's not they're not being careful enough and he's not even feeding them and you know all this stuff. and then i'd get a call from the oldest boy and he'd be like oh, yeah, they're fine mom they're fine <laughs> <laughs> I've always said that I have four dictators in my house and that's why I can't let them live together alone because they will literally all kill each other. Yes. Just, <laughs> just like telling each other what to do. And I'm like, this is so annoying. You can't all be like dictators in the house. I'm the dictator. <laughs> oh, I wonder where they get it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the lead dictator. This cannot work. <laughs> I actually have learned, um, unfortunately through, and I, it's nothing tragic, nothing terrible, but I guess I just learned because when I've left my kids home too young, um, what could have possibly gone wrong? Like, I don't ever want to leave that for my kids to have to deal with. So like, um, uh, when something goes wrong, um, and I'm talking even like minor stuff. Like I burnt popcorn in the microwave and it stunk up the house, you know, and started a small fire. Well, I realized that my kids don't have the coping mechanisms like we would have if we grew up on a farm. They don't have the coping mechanisms to deal with that. And I would hate to leave some kind of trauma in their path because I left them home too young. So I've done a 180 in parenting where I don't leave them home by themselves too young or at too long of a time because they don't have the coping mechanisms to like um, know what to do in a bad situation. And it's never the good situation, right? Like I know they can feed themselves. I know they can turn on a television and sit there for four hours. Um, <laughs> I know that they can call me and like rat on each other all the time. All of that stuff, we're good. But in case of an emergency, I don't have any faith <laughs> <laughs> that they would know what to do without causing like further damage. So I've done a 180 and I'm like, I don't need you to stay home for really long periods of time by yourself. Like, I'd just rather, I would rather take you with me. <laughs> Yeah, I totally get it. I so, and I think that's changed now that we live in a in the country. I think if we lived in the suburb, I would be less likely to. I would leave them home because then they would have neighbors, right? Oh yeah, that's true. Anyways, that is so. a good point. I could probably take that for granted. The fact that there's people around if something you know really went south, probably. Right. And and we actually work really close. You know, school, home, work is all, like, within walking distance practically oh, for sure. where we are. But, Laura, I always felt like your boys were pretty, like, 
independent. Like they were pretty capable of staying home for the most part. They do a job. I got to tell you, it was the funniest thing. Oh, it was sometime this year. I got on. I got an email. You know, one of those neighborhood watch type emails that a strange car had been driving around, um, and basically there was a man in the strange car who was confronting girls. And the girls were scared and nobody was abducted, but it was just kind of a, a, a creeper alert. Yeah, yeah. So I happened to be out and and I was out with Christian and I we ended up calling the boys and tell reading them the email that we'd gotten and said, Hey, just you know, just don't go outside and play today and uh, just keep the doors locked. Well, we come home and it was the funniest thing because two of them had their BB guns cocked and ready and, then they <laughs> and all of them had multiple pocket knives on their person they, they were like going to defend the castle <laughs> come at me bro <laughs> oh, so funny i was so proud of them they weren't coward and un- hiding under their beds they were ready to to stand up and fight i love and it pretty cool it made me very proud so that's so cool that is awesome, especially when you're, you know, raising boys. <clears throat> oh, for sure. Yeah. It be tough. Okay, we're going to do one more. We'll do one more, and then we'll call it a day for this one. Okay. Do you assign specific chores to your kids? Yes, everyone has set tasks, or no, but they have to help out in general. Okay, so how many do you think said, yes, everyone has set tasks? Mm, probably a lot. I would say maybe over 50% says that. I'm going to go with a 50-50 split because I think that's individual household type stuff. And I, you're actually both very close because it was 60% that they have set chores and 40% that they kind of just generally help out. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't you say that like it totally changes over time? Like, as your oh. you know, kids grow oh, yeah. older and they have different like stuff they have to do and you know things like that. Absolutely. Well, and also even with your schedules, like you know, even with your schedules changing by either sports or you know what stage, whatever stage of life you're in, like I think it has to change. Um, um, I. I have chosen for the girls, so I know which ones do better at different jobs, but I also feel like, well, you know, the older they get, they can't just be in charge of garbage. (laughs) (laughs) If they get married and they're like, no, honey, I'm only in charge of garbage. Sorry. (laughs) That's not going to work out well. (laughs) I do try to rotate them, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're good at it or... I think sometimes they're manipulating me so they can get the better job too. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'm constantly having to be kept on my toes, to- like my toes with chores because like our lifestyle is changing so much. And I, it's not just because of the move. I think it's also because of their ages too. So, mm-hmm. so I do give them set chores, but I'm also having a hard time being consistent with it because things are always changing. Yeah. What about you, Laura? Do they have set chores? No, it's just basically whatever I told, tell them to do as it needs to be done. So 
I'm not really the greatest housekeeper because it's all like, I don't know. I don't want to overdo it and waste all my time keeping my house clean because that just, there's so much more fun to be had in the world, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Which is actually a lie. Her, she is a really good housekeeper. I know. you. Don't listen to Alicia. Seriously, Laisha and I cleaned your house yeah. when you moved, and there was like nothing to clean. It was no, true story. <laughs> stuff. The less stuff you have, the less stuff gets out of place. And so that's my little secret to how, and that's why I don't have to clean as much because I don't have as much stuff. You know, less money, less problems. You're pretty good at so. <laughs> <laughs> But so, you know, it's cool that the boys will do it. Like, so they're pretty. I mean, I know they're kids, so they don't always want to do what they're told. But they they're like pretty much like good with that. Like whatever you know, you say, all right, today's this thing, and you go do that, and they're fine with it. Well, we basically well, we only clean before people, four people come people. over, and then it's and like it's a massive <laughs> <laughs> Um. <laughs> It's just like I start barking orders, and they know I mean business, and so everybody right. just kind of, and then, and then every other day of the week we just chill out, and you know if somebody's right next to the trash can that needs to go out, I'll be like, hey, take out the trash. Be like, all right. Um, I have, I do, I will say that once they're in high school, they have to do their own laundry. That's just because I want them to be able to move away from home, and once they're in middle school, they have to. Start <laughs> Cleaning their own bathroom because nobody wants to date that guy that's got like an no. entire head of hair all around the sink. And, it's true. You know, yeah, so I have to take my 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 boys will someday um, need to be dateable men, and it, because of that, <laughs> you know how to clean a bathroom um, and like running the vacuum is a no brainer. That's always something that they can pick up. You, like. On those times when we're making a mad dash to clean house for a company, somebody's going to have to run the vacuum cleaner. That's just, somebody always gets that chore. So they all know, know how to do it. But yeah, we don't wait. We don't spend a whole lot of time cleaning house. We, we really don't. <laughs> but <laughs> but when, when it needs to be done, we all just kind of do it. That's cool. I, I always felt like I, they had to have like specific jobs because they would just like, Either no one would get anything done or they would, like, kill each other, you know, about the jobs. <laughs> so, actually, in our house, it's more like territories, <laughs> you know, like, oh, your territory is the living room and your territory is the kitchen and your territory is the bedroom. <laughs> I love that. You, you keep that area clean. And actually, the times when it works really good, it's kind of awesome because they're then they're, like, policing it. Because they're like, don't leave your shoes in the living room. Because, you know, then they're, like, yelling at me because they don't want to have to pick them up later. <laughs> That's ingenious. <laughs> Why can't you wash your dish off? Get that dish washed off right now. <laughs> Isn't that so true? When one of them is in charge of cleaning a space, they do get grouchy at the other ones if they mess it up. And I, I know that since my freshman started cleaning or doing his laundry, so he used to leave everything inside out. Every article of clothing he would throw in the laundry basket inside out. Well, the first time he did his own laundry, he had to sit there and I made him turn everything right side out. So, <laughs> and he, he like totally complained about it. I said, well, what you could do is just 
when you take your clothes off, make them right side out before you put them in the laundry basket. Well, so it was like two weeks ago, I did his laundry for him. I forgot what he had going on, but he was super busy. And I thought I would do a little uh, treat for him and do his laundry for him. And I noticed that every article of clothing was right side out. (laughs) 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 He can be trained. That's awesome. Well, I will say as far as laundry goes, because laundry is like my nemesis, like all of my children do their own laundry. <laughs> Literally, they do all do their own laundry. <laughs> Even the nine-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Hey, they all have their own laundry, dirty laundry basket. And in fact, we kind of have gotten to the point where we've taken a page out of our oldest son's um, laundry skills. And my younger sons don't fold their laundry either. They just take it from their personal dirty laundry basket, wash it, and then put it into their clean laundry basket. And then they just get their clothes out of that basket. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Why not cut out the middleman? You don't need <laughs> Who needs hangers? Nope. I'm all well, for it. Just Whatever makes it simpler. Like, you know, every time you'd fold them, they would just, you know, reach in there and start grabbing things because they couldn't find what they wanted and they would get all unfolded anyway. So I was like, what's the point? So funny. <laughs> well, wow. my husband and I have lived out of a laundry basket for three weeks one time. And so I'm just like, well, I can't be mad at anybody else. So, like, if you want to live out of your laundry basket, that's fine. I just don't want to find any of your clean clothes in the dirty clothes basket because that makes me irate. So uh, we're, we're, in, we're uh, getting uh, a few days closer to everyone doing their own laundry. That's for sure. Yeah, that's about the time when we switched. When I, when mm-hmm. I was doing... Christmas socks, washing Christmas socks in July. And I'd washed the same pair of Christmas socks yep. three times in a row. Oh, yeah. I was like, I know you're not wearing these socks. <laughs> I know Christmas did not come around in these last three <laughs> so days. if you want to wash your clean clothes over and over and over, you can wash them yourself. Yep. <laughs> that's awesome I don't know I love it I love when my kids can be independent of like separate from me like have their own ideas of what's neat and how to like handle their own room and you know every once in a while I'll go in uh, their room and and tidy it because every once in a while they'll just get way like the mess will get just too far yeah (laughs) they're too far gone and then you go So I don't mind doing that, but I love watching how individual my kids are about what they think is organized and what they think is clean and what they think is like a fine way to live because I'm like, well, (laughs) that that's on you, you know, that's if it doesn't come into my living room or come outside your door, you're good. (laughs) If I don't know about it, it isn't there. <laughs> sure doesn't. Yep. Until it starts stinking. That's right. On there. That's right. When or it starts lingering start outside in. your door. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much, girls. I've been wanting to do this for so long, and it's such a treat just to hang out and talk to you guys and hear your stories, and hopefully it, you know, helps somebody else down the road. Or at least they got a good laugh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, so I thank you too, Elaine, um, for putting this 
for putting this together. And Laisha, it's lovely to talk to you. You crack me up. You always oh, have. Oh man, I miss you, ladies, so much. I'm we so glad we're gonna, we're able to do this. All right, we'll do it yeah. again. Okay, for sure. Hey, y'all. I am so glad you listened today. I hope you enjoyed it. Please subscribe and share an episode with a friend. On Facebook, Instagram, and the web, you can find us at Imagine Mom. Thanks for listening.